Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Spent some weeks talking about refuting negative thoughts. And I'm going to pick up, we're going to, we, we covered some aspects last week, and I kind of want to continue on that directly uh, tonight. So we'll review a little bit and then um, cover that more a little bit further. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so that's what we've been talking about, casting down thoughts that oppose what the Word of God says. In the NIV, let's just... um, Read verse 5. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every or take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And uh, the Amplified Classic, let's go to verse 5. Just read verse 5 in the Amplified. Actually, we'll we'll read verse 4 because it goes right into verse 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So we've talked about different aspects of that, talked about refuting thoughts, talked some about renewing our mind. Let's read Ephesians 4, verse 20. These are scriptures we've read before, but let's read a couple of these as we get into this. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed... In the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Notice that. Verse 23 in conjunction with 24 says, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of of your mind. Then verse 24 says that you put on the new man. So you're putting on something new, something different into your mind. You're reprogramming your mind with the truth of God's word that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In the Amplified, it says to be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then let's read Romans 12, verse 1. Actually, we'll just read verse 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is refuting thoughts. I mean, we're, all, we're talking about refuting thoughts as a whole, but there's different aspects. Yes, a thought comes in, you cast it down. There is renewing your mind with the Word of God. The more you renew your mind with the Word of God, then you're going to be able to identify the thoughts so you'll be able to cast them down. So there is reprogramming your mind with the truth. Another part that we talked about and started last week, and we're going to continue this week, is meditating on the right things 
and displacing wrong understanding with the truth. So if you had a, one thought come in, yeah, you cast it down. You want to reprogram your mind with the truth. Part of the way you accomplish that reprogramming is by meditating on the truth. So you need to put the truth in, but then you need to think about it. Meditate is not just being quiet. And, you know, some people have weird ideas about what meditation is. The Bible uh, talks about meditation. Meditation is a biblical concept, but it can be like everything else perverted. Meditating is thinking about something on the, it can be meditating about anything, but when we talk about it in the context, we're talking about meditating the Word of God. You're thinking about the Word of God. It also has the connotation of muttering it. It means going over it. You know, you could meditate on something. You know, my girls were just talking about studying for a test. Well, you're going over these facts, and you're going over the facts, and asking, you know, got flashcards, and, and going with each other. What's this? Well, this is the answer. How about this? This is the answer. That's meditation. You're, you're talking about, you may go in over yourself. You could go, you can meditate uh, math, you know, six times six, 36, and 12 times 12, 144. You could go over those things, you know, any type of facts. That's meditation. You, what are you doing? You're building it into your mind. If you just skimmed those facts, you know, crammed them into your head right before the test, they may or may not stick. You may or may not actually be able to recall them. But if you've been going over them and over them and over them for a week to where they're just there, you, somebody asks you, boom, you got them. Well, then the test is just, all the test is supposed to do is just see where you're at. You know, you're not supposed to try to just, I mean, ideally, we all know, I mean, I know, I was as guilty as anybody cramming before the test, but that's not ideal. You have ones where you cram the, before the test and you got that result, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you know, it's not, it's not um, dependable. But if you go and you study and you get it in and in, then it's actually a joy. It can be a joy taking a test because you're like, yep, know that, know that too, know that, know that. Because you know you're confident. You know you know it. You get done. Here you go. I'm done. Do you know you did it right? Yeah, because I knew that stuff. It wasn't like I'm searching. It is there. Why? Because I meditated on it. Because I actually took time and uh, effort and I put it over and over and I started replacing. In this case, you're adding new knowledge. In the case of the Word of God, you may be adding new knowledge and you may be replacing knowledge that was on the same subject matter but was wrong. How do you get rid of that? Just be like, oh, I read it. Okay, it's good. I'll remember that. That's not good enough when there's pressure in life. Because you're going to have pressure that's trying to tell you it's not true. We need to go over it. So there's a process where we are reprogramming, and part of that is meditating. Let's read a couple verses that we read last week. John 8, verse uh, 31. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples, verse 32, and you, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you're abiding in the word, you shall know the truth, and then the truth's going to make you free. That's a process. We read Joshua 1.8. I think that's where we left off. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law 
shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. When? When you meditate on it to get the word in you to where then it's actually actionable and then your way changes because you're acting on the word. Because you've reprogrammed your mind in, in you know, certain areas, whatever area you're dealing with, to the degree that we think on the Word and act on the Word, is, is, those are the areas we're going to have success in. But it's a process. We need to, to get that Word into us and get it solid in us. And by just doing that, you will actually be refuting the negative thoughts. In other words, part of it is, yes, so a thought comes in as negative and you go against that. But if we'll meditate on the word, then you're, you're, you're making it so that there is um, a defense against those thoughts automatically. Because if you're, if you're looking at the right thing all the time... The, the thing, a thought might come in, but it bounces off because you're so established in the truth. It, it's like, again, if we're talking about looking at studying for a test or something, if you really don't know, and you really just kind of threw a bunch of this into your head, and then you're on the test, well, you kind of, is it this? You have a thought? Could be. I kind of remember something. Like, or is it this? I, I don't know. Maybe. Or is it this? But the more you get it solidified you know, like a multiple choice, you know, test, right? If you really don't know, you're looking at, um, it could be A, but I don't know, I could see a, you know, I could see a case for B and C, I recognize that from somewhere. And D, I'm pretty sure I saw that last week on some sheet. You don't really know. But if you have studied you, know, you look at the test, and you're like, yeah, that, we know that that's clearly not right because of ding, 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 ding. B, no way. I mean, good try, teacher, but no. C, yes. C is it. D, it's, it's trying to look close, but no. And you don't have a problem. How did you get that solid? So, whereas sometimes the thoughts are coming in, and we're just trying to gird up and, oh, Cast that down. I know I'm not supposed to cast that down. But we don't got any oomph behind it because we haven't reprogrammed anything. So you're spending all your time like, I know I'm not supposed to worry. I know I'm not supposed to worry. I know I'm not supposed to worry. You're worrying. Just be honest. But if you start meditating on what God said and how much, you know, his provisions there or his healings available or, you know, his peace is available and you start focusing on that, then the thought come, well, you're, you're, the thoughts come, but you are so focused on what he said, they can bounce off. It's, in other words, you're putting more effort into the meditation than you are casting down, although you are casting down, but it's just like answer A, you're like, no, that's not right. See's right. God will meet all my needs. God's healing power is available. Oh, you're not going to make it? No, I'm going to make it. In other words, you're not going, oh, is it really? I mean, I guess it could be. I mean, I guess I could fail. You're so solidified. And so it starts to change the way you actually think. It is a different way of thinking. Instead of just focusing on reacting, we actually start thinking different. 
It's a whole other set of thoughts. That's what we need, is a whole other set of thoughts that's based on God's Word, the way He thinks. Because God is not wringing His hands all the time, wondering what the answer is. Ever. See, he, he, the way the Lord thinks is completely on a plane that's higher than the way natural men think. Look, look at Isaiah 55, 8, familiar verse. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now he's talking to the nation of Israel, but the, the principle is here. We're talking about the natural mind. For the believer, yes, we can think his thoughts because we have his thoughts, but we need to get his thoughts into our mind, into our heart. Otherwise, it's not going to do us any good. Doesn't matter if you heard a sermon on it. Doesn't matter if you heard a whole, you know, five series on it. If we don't, I mean, that's part of getting it in there, but if that's all you did and it doesn't become rooted in us, in other words, oh, I heard somebody teach on that, so I know it, then even though we have the ability to think his thoughts in reality, it can be knocked out of us. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my, are my ways or nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher, or my thoughts than your thoughts. So instead of constantly trying to refute problems with wrong thinking, we start thinking a completely different way, the way God thinks, and now that's a buffer, that's a defense to the wrong thoughts. Instead of dealing with, oh no, here comes this, I just don't know what I'm going to do, we start thinking the way God thinks and we don't even go down that path anymore. We don't come up against that same battle because we're thinking a different way. We're hooked up with Him and we're just thinking about His way, which is victory, which is overcoming, which is strength, instead of entertaining that, well, what if, and I don't know, and how... You know, I just come up to this point, I just fail. We say, no, we're going down this path and we're going to succeed, period. And so we go up and we go over. The wrong thoughts don't carry any weight in the face of constant truth. If you know the truth and get the truth embedded, then the thoughts that are negative, they don't carry any weight because God's Word is eternal truth. And so as we get that embedded, it's a, the way of, the way our, when our thoughts are lined up with what He is saying and what He has uh, said in His Word, then it, we give that more weight, then the thoughts that are against us, they become to be seen for what they are. You can think of like this. It, you know, some arguments may fool somebody that's not well-versed in a certain field. They may sound good. They may sound, you know, impressive. They may sound like somebody really knows what they're talking about. And they may be able to fool somebody, a bunch of novices or a bunch of, you know, first-year students or, or whatever. But you get another expert in the same room. And now they start throwing out something and it's like somebody else could refute it. Boom, 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 boom. What else you got? Whereas other people are, well, gosh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds pretty, impre- I don't know. Boy, you sound like you really know what you're talking about. Until you get, against, get, get with somebody that actually knows what they're talking about and it shows up the shallowness of the argument. 
Well, that it, as we meditate and get around God's way more and more, the things that Satan tries to bring or tries to distract, it start, the Word of God will show up those things for what they actually are, which are lies, half-truths. They don't have as much weight. They may think, if to the initial person, to the person that isn't familiar with God, they may sound like truth. But when we get, the more we're meditating on God's Word and getting familiar with what He said, then... We, they, that gets compared to some thought coming in, and we'll say, no, no. I may have fallen, fallen that for that before, but no, I know what God said, and that is a lie. And that is a half-truth. And that, it may seem convincing to the flesh, but I know what God said, so that is not going to come to pass. And so the, the enemy's tactics they start to bounce off if we'll focus on the truth. And part of that is we get that embedded in ourselves. We, we give attention to it and we start looking at it. It's a different way of going about our lives and thinking and meditating and what we get in our heart. Let's look at uh, Mark 12, verse 18. Here's Jesus talking with some of these, you know, teachers of the law. And they're bringing him a question, which they think they thought out really well. And they're going to test this happen more than once. <laughs> Somebody comes and they think they got him. How about that? You know, we, we're going to bring you something. We're going to try to trip him up. And over and over, Jesus was way out ahead of him. Jesus knew the Word. He's the Word made flesh. God in the flesh. Somebody said, is Jesus God? Yes, He, he is, was, will always be God. He was manifest in the flesh. We're talking, you know, we're, we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord on Sunday. He was not just a man that walked. You cannot be a Christian and believe He was just a man that walked on the earth but was not God Almighty. Those are incompatible. But Jesus here, he, he, is, uh, he is walking and they bring him some arguments. So verse 18, Mark 12, verse 18. It says, Then some Sadducee, Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him, and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and dying, he left no offspring. And the second took her, and he died, and he did, nor did he leave any offspring. The third likewise. So the seven had her and left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife will she be? They think they're pretty smart. For all seven had her as a wife. They're thinking, we got a, we got a hard question for you, Jesus. What do you think? Number one, it says they don't even believe in a resurrection, but they're going to bring this. They're going to say, we got you. 
Verse 23, therefore in the resurrection. Okay, so verse 23, therefore in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife shall she be? So he, she, all these men died, they got, the wife got passed on, so now we want to know what's going to happen. For all seven had her as wife. Verse 24, Jesus answered and said to them, are you not therefore mistaken? That's how we started out. You're wrong. First of all, you're wrong. Second of all, I'm going to explain, yeah. Are you not therefore mistaken because, why? Because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. So notice that. They asked him a big, long question. First of all, you're wrong because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. So what you're saying, you think it's a complicated question, but the problem is you don't know what you're talking about. It's on a weak foundation, and so none of it means anything, is what he's going to say. It would be a complicated question if you were halfway right, but you're not, so... It just cuts their legs right out from underneath them. Verse 25, for when they rise... Let's read it, verse 24 again. So they brought this question. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken? So you're wrong because you do not know the Scriptures nor the power of God. Well, let's read it through and then we'll come back, I believe. Verse 25, for when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. But concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him, saying, I am God, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Verse 27, he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. You are therefore very wrong. So he told them they're wrong, told them why they're wrong, and then just reiterated, so you see, you're wrong. So if you go back to verse 24. So he answered and said, Are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the Scriptures nor the power of God? You know the devil will do this exact same thing to you. Who do you think was motivating the Sadducees? Coming at Jesus. So they come with this convoluted argument they they think is going to trip him up. And they come saying, blah, 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 and what say you? And he said, you're wrong, because you don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. Do you know the devil will do that to you? He's going to bring you something. Now, if, if you didn't know what Jesus knew, they could have brought this to other people, and they'd be like, hmm, that's a very, hmm, that's a good point. I, I wonder, but I, I, I don't know. But boy, you sound smart. Do you know the devil can bring thoughts to people all the time? He runs the same plays over and over. He's got a new crop of people every day that don't know. Just new ones coming up. He doesn't have to think up anything new. He just brings the same thing. Well, Jesus is not God. If he was so powerful, why did this happen? Why did this happen? <laughs> He's just going to bring the same thing, and he'll bring and weave these arguments and bring these things, and people will go, oh, yeah, I... I don't know. And then, you know, you got people that are listening to that junk and then they'll get on the internet and find other people that have listened to junk and they'll have all the arguments and see if Christians believe this and this and if Jesus really, really, and they just go down and people read that and go, 
oh, that, that sounds smart. Yeah, and then they'll go to their friends and like, see, you know, Bible's not this, and, but, and they're just listening to the same stuff, and they're all just talking together like, oh, I don't know, it's nothing. The only problem is, you're, you're mistaken. <laughs> that would be good if it actually was not found on anything, but you are gravely mistaken. <laughs> no, he is, he is God. You're listening to just a bunch of air castle fluff. But it, 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 it takes people out every day. And the devil, the enemy, will bring thoughts to you like, yeah, well, if, you know, I mean, God's not going to take care of you in that situation. This because, you know, this and that. And in your area of work, there's this and, and then there's that and this person and that. And, and it sounds very intimidating. The only problem is, Jesus said, aren't you mistaken because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? When you know the scriptures and the power of God, it cuts the legs under, out from under arguments like that. The devil try to come and say, this isn't going to happen. You can say, whoa, no, you are mistaken. Because the Bible says this, and the power of God is real. And he will do what he says he's going to do. So you are gravely mistaken. I believe the word of God. I don't believe your nonsense. Well, it sounds good. Go try it on somebody else because I know what God said. So I need to put that. How would I do this? I have to have put the scriptures into my mind. Otherwise, that stuff will overtake me. Now, don't make this a legalistic thing and don't make it a big thing. All we're talking about meditating is going and looking at what God says, look away from other stuff, and look at what God says. It's that easy. You can take one verse. In fact, I recommend, don't take three pages of verses to start, even to end. You can't, comp- you can't just concentrate on a whole bunch of stuff at once. If you're going to take three pages of scriptures, break it down, and take one at a time and actually look at it, if you just read through it quick and try to saturate your mind, it's the same thing to go talk about studying again. You're not studying when you're just reading through the review sheet. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You got a review sheet, so I'm just going to read through it and act like that's sticking. Oh, because I'll remember it. Then try. Say, what are the nine blah, blah, blah of this? And write them down. You reading it is not getting it in your head. Are you with me? You all never did that. I'm reviewing. We're reviewing. We're, we're just reading it through. Oh, the nine things are one, this, oh yeah, two, this, three, this, four, this, seven, eight, nine. I got it. Versus, what are the nine things on the front of the flashcard? Mm. Dang it, I don't know. I got to look. Okay, so now I'm going to start. I'm going to go through their stuff and then... Number one, I'm going to write. Two, I get to four. Man, I still don't know. So I go look at it some more. See, if I go through that cycle ten times, I'm starting to get it in. So if I just take a bunch of scriptures, oh, somebody said to read all this. I'm not, hey, read as much scripture as you want, but the only thing that's going to do us any good are the scriptures that get into us. Because you already have the Bible. It's already there, but just sitting there, you can say, oh, and I, 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 I've heard that reference. Yeah, but is it in us? How do you get it in you? Take one scripture and look over it and meditate on it. Just go over it. 
He took my infirmities. He bore my, my infirmities. He took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses. I, I believe that. So he took my infirmities. He took my sicknesses and diseases. That means my sickness and disease has been bought and paid for. That means I don't have to have this. That means I can see it leaving. I see it going. It means that it is taken care of. And you just stay there. So your mind wants to go, yeah, got it. Go to the next thing. But if we'll just stay there, then we're get, we think about it. Think about what it means. He supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I'm thinking of the fact that my needs are met. It, it, uh, all my need, he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I see my needs being met. I see the money coming in. I see the accounts coming in. I see the customers there. Whatever. I see things working. I see things happening. We're not talking about positive thinking. We're talking about meditating on what God said and making it real for us. I see what God said in my life. And if you just stay on that, see, that's, that's, pro, that's building you know, a strength in that, into our, our minds. It's reprogramming. It's where it was fear or based on some other thing in the world. We're putting it in and so that it is becoming strong. You may just stay on one of those things for three days and then get to the next one, but you'd be much better off just taking one step at a time and getting it. That doesn't mean you've got it for all time. It means that you've, you've made some progress. That means you've, you've done some of it. And you're not talking about a legalistic thing. You're just talking about just focus on it. You're just putting your attention off something that contradicts the Word and putting your attention on the Word. So then when the thoughts come, yeah, but this and, this, this and such and such going to happen, you can say, no, that's a mistake. That is not true because God's Word says this and I know the Scripture and I know the power of God and so... It will be the way God said. That's becoming strength. That's becoming substance. Philippians 4, 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. The Amplified says it like this. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever and worthy of respect, whatever is right, and confirmed by God's Word. Whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, look at this, think continually on these things, center your mind on them, and implant them in your heart. We're going to read that last part again. So all these things that he's describing, he said, if there's anything like this, think, go back to the last slide, think continually on these things. Think continually on these things. What is that? That's meditating. That's getting it 
That's going over and over and over those things. And then look at the next part. Center your mind on them. Center your mind on them isn't something that's just fleeting. You know? I saw something, put it down. I centered my mind. You cannot say you centered your mind on that. No, centered your mind on that means you're looking at it. You're giving it attention. You're going to stay on it. You're going to continually think on it. It says, and implant them in your heart. Implant them in your heart. That's a process. Not talking again. Don't get legalistic and say, it's just so much time. Again, how do you know when you're ready for a test? Because you know it. It's the same thing. Don't make it too hard. Don't make it some legalistic bar. Just start putting it in to where you're focusing, you're continually thinking, you're centering your mind, you're implanting it in in your heart and just going over. What is that? You're just unconsciously displacing any of the negative. You are building a stronghold against things that would attack. And then those things bounce up, you are able to refute it because it's implanted, because it's been reprogrammed or programmed in your mind because you've been meditating on what God said and the strength of God's Word. God's Word is alive and powerful. And it's quick. Quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It will bring life to the situation and it will rise up big in you when you need it and cut down any of the things that oppose. Amen? Amen. God's Word's powerful. And He will help us to put it, get it into us, and put it into action.